Welcome back to Let's Get Married, the wedding and event podcast. Hey, Sam. Hey, Mia. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? Good, good. I was laughing to myself in the last episode when we were like, oh, what's new? You're like trying to buy a house and I'm like worried about my blue apron not arriving, which it did arrive. (laughs) Good. I'm glad it arrived. (laughs) Oh my goodness. But how is the house stuff? It's crazy. Like I said, in this environment, you know, it's, there's, you know, I, I think I told you the last house that we put an offer on, there was 30 offers on one single house. Um, so now we're kind of expanding our search. So fingers crossed, we have something potentially in the works. We're just waiting for, you know, approval, uh, not approval. Um, we're just waiting for it to be accepted. Okay. So we'll see. Send good vibes this way. So exciting. All the good vibes, all the good vibes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I really, the only update I have is just more Blue Apron, just been cooking a lot of Blue Apron. You, I feel like I need to try Blue Apron now. You're such Should a good we, cook, though. Do you think though. they sponsor us? I, definitely. <laughs> um, but you're such a good cook. Like, I, I think there, I was telling Tony this after we made a very great scallop and risotto meal for Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. but I said, I think there's this subset of women who, myself included, are very type A. We pride ourselves on being good at our jobs and good at like other domestic things, but maybe we're not as confident in the kitchen. I've talked to other friends about this and it's like, we feel like we so have our lives together, but then we're like, Ooh, we're not great at this like stereotypical thing that like a woman should be good at, especially an Italian woman should be good at. So that's why I also just love Blue Apron because I love following instructions Mm -hmm. and it's also spicing up the meal since like we're not going to restaurants at the moment. Um, and just then like takeout feels different from going to a restaurant. So it's spicing up our dinners, but. Nice. That's <laughs> awesome. No, I need to try that. Cause I feel like even just with like cooking myself, it's like, I find myself cooking the same things and it gets boring and going from enjoying it to now being COVID where you're cooking like two, three meals a day. It's not as fun as it used to be. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So you need to spice it up. And I think my sister-in-law was like, I swear I cannot handle another taco Tuesday. <laughs> Yeah, no, seriously, like that or a Cobb salad, like I am done. (laughs) Cobb salad, that actually sounds good. We should probably just swap what we do all the time. Yeah, maybe, maybe. (laughs) Okay, so Sam, what are we drinking? So today we're drinking a bourbon berry smash. So this is going to be with your favorite bourbon, um, frozen blueberries, lemon, cinnamon and then topped with club soda so basically you go ahead and you muddle the blueberries lemon wedges and cinnamon and then you add your bourbon in you shake it all up strain it and then you top it with some club soda all right cheers cheers this is an interesting mix of ingredients i wouldn't have thought that like you would have put cinnamon with something with lemon and all that but i like it Yeah. So typically bourbon and lemon complement each other really well. And so to make it a little bit fruitier and like a little bit lighter, the blueberry and cinnamon I kind of did for like more of a wintry touch. Garnished it with a rosemary sprig and just a few blueberries on top. I love blueberries in drinks. Didn't our our last week, oh, last week was um, blackberries. Yes. Yes. I'm getting it mixed up with the blood orange and we've got a lot of, we got some good drinks in the, in the, um, in the mix. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like when they're like colorful and also bourbon. Bourbon is fun. Um, and I think Tony will definitely want to try try this one. So I like that. Um, and again, just a reminder that Sam's creating all of these to um, give you 
uh, couples cocktail ideas for your wedding. So definitely file these away for one day, um, hopefully not too, too far off for those of us who are actively planning. Um, but yeah, awesome. Okay. So this is episode 16. 16. Yes. So this episode, we're going to talk about dress codes to really help guests interpret the dress codes on the invite and help couples figure out exactly what dress code they want to put on their invite. Exactly. So I think that, um, I think one, this is a great one for you, the fashionista of the bunch. Um, I think this is also great because I'd say that usually it's it's kind of like, okay, like we'll just do what everyone else has done. But there are little intricacies within some of these dress codes that you can make it a little bit different for your wedding to based on uh, uh, based on your location or your event or your style as a couple. It doesn't have to be just plain what everyone else has done or what everyone else has seen. And it can still be really classy and exciting. Yeah, exactly right. And I, I definitely had fun with this one, as you said. My my fashion side was is was really enjoying this this one. So I'm excited to get into it. All right. So we are going to start with the absolute fanciest and most formal option. So that is white tie. I think a lot of us have probably heard of white tie, but I'd say very few of us have actually had to um, go to an event that is white tie. It is usually reserved for royal affairs, the state dinner. Uh, the Met Gala actually had the theme of white tie in 2014. And all of the media publications kept saying, white tie is really tough for people. And I'm, I, I read this saying celebrities should have the most access to something like this. So sure. I, I think it, it can definitely be tough for a wedding and it's rare to have this for a wedding. But if it works that you have a very formal evening event and it is in the type of venue that is very over the top and formal, um, akin to a royal wedding, then white tie is going to be perfect. I love getting fancy. Um, so, but first, I wanted to kind of bring us back uh, because this is pretty much the foundation of all of the other wedding dress codes and how this all started. So, it white tie started in the early 1800s. European aristocrats would wear these frilly, lacy shirts, and then over time, it became a bit more streamlined to wear darker hues and more simple designs, similar to what the people in the country were wearing. So it, it blossomed from there. And then uh, by the end of the 1800s, men were often wearing these long formal coats. And then over time, that long coat would be cut away. So from the hip to the back, the material would be kind of um, scooped out. And so if you imagine a long coat or a robe being scooped out from your hip to the back, that's creating the image and the shape of tails. And that is what ah. men should wear to white tie weddings. It's those suit jackets with those scooped out tails yes. at the back, right? That's very interesting. I know. I thought so too. And then once we get into the 1900s, um, it was very much understood that after 6 p.m. events, you were supposed to wear white tie to an event. Um, and then it, the introduction of bow ties and again, those darker dress codes. After World War I, 
white tie was nearly abandoned, even though Emily Post, um, etiquette extraordinaire, Emily Post called it the essential dress for the opera. So it really began to be reserved for the most special of occasions. Um, and JFK was actually the final president to wear white tie to his inauguration. It, it's been less dressy ever since JFK. So that's very cool. I feel like like now I'm trying to think back, obviously, like I, I haven't been to a white tie event. Um, I'd love to go. That seems awesome. But like you think back in like movies or things like that and really like opera scenes, things like that are really when you would see probably white tie. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So white tie for women means floor length evening gowns. It means gloves over the elbow. So longer gloves. It could even mean a tiara. It could mean the most lavish of jewelry. And it made me think of how we chatted with your dad on our ring episode about wearing that special emerald to a special event. It'd probably be, probably be something like a white tie event. Um, it would be a small, um, a small purse for women. And then for men, it would be, um, uh, a tux with tails. It would mean gloves for men as well, top hats and canes. So really the best of the best in terms of formal wear. See, when I think of like that attire that you explained for men, like I automatically go to like London or like England. Like I don't think of like, like I'm trying to think of an instance where like, I've, I mean, again, never been to like anything like that, but where I would see that in around here. I know. Um, I know. It's so interesting. Cool. And I think even when you look at state dinner, outfits that they've women will still wear gowns but you don't always have to see gloves you don't really see tiaras um yeah. but it's making me want to go back and look at the 2014 met gala fashion yes. um yes. so i saw a couple pictures and i just love a gown like that so pretty neat very cool okay so up next is black tie so this is the next formal dress code and usually means again that this wedding is going to be taking place in the evening so typically women will wear a formal length gown probably not as extreme as what you would see over the top as as white um white tie or a formal cocktail dress or elegant pantsuit, right? Because now we're getting a little bit more modern. Um, the only thing too is that the it has to be floor length. Like if you do some kind of cocktail, it has to be like a more elegant cocktail dress. Typically, I feel like when people say cocktail dress, they're thinking of like a shorter, maybe a little bit past the knee kind of dress. There are obviously cocktail dresses that are longer. We just have to have like a more elegant kind of fabric and be more of like the higher end of a cocktail dress. Mm -hmm. um, it's also recommended, I think in general it's recommended this, but specifically for black tie that you're not showing too much skin, that you're a little bit more modest. Um, men would wear a tuxedo, black vest, bow tie, cummerbund, um, and patent leather shoes would also be recommended if it is taking place in the summer. Um, I also was reading that a white dinner jacket and black tux pants is perfectly acceptable for men. Um, all colors here are really fair game, obviously with the exception of white. And if you can kind of understand what the bridesmaids are wearing, you wanna to try to avoid that color as well. Mm -hmm. um, that so makes yeah. sense. And so even if you're doing a more cocktail dress that could be a little bit shorter than floor length, do you think you could get away with a shorter dress as long as it's like a dark color for black tie or you really should go long? You really should go long okay. for, for black tie. And that, so that'll lead me into formal. So formal wear is right under formal wear is also like we like to call quote unquote black tie optional. Mm. Um, it's, it's the same exact thing. 
But that's where you can kind of get away with wearing, you know, a little like maybe an ankle length dress or, you know, a hot, more elegant, shorter cocktail dress. That's where you have that room to kind of play a little bit more. But black tie would really typically be floor length. Um, so formal, again, as I mentioned, also known as black tie. Um, this is the next the slightly less formal version of black tie. It signals that couples still want guests to dress up. So again, not too much is different from black tie. Typically, women will wear, again, a formal length gown or formal cocktail dress. Still kind of, you can even do a pantsuit here, but you have that kind of wiggle room with the length a little bit. Um, men have the option of wearing a tuxedo, so they don't have to wear a tuxedo where they're typically required in black tie. Um, they can opt to wear a formal dark suit with a white shirt and tie. Yeah. So would you say that this is the number one most typical dress code for weddings? I would say from what I've seen, probably this or cocktail. Okay. Um, yeah, which which leads me into the next one. So co <laughs> cocktail or semi-formal or dressy casual, they're kind of all lumped in the same. They are slightly different. Um, so cocktail is a step above semi-formal, though not as formal as, again, black tie optional or, or, or formal, as we were just talking about. Um, this is a popular dress code choice. Um, it's balanced between elegant and comfy and typically is more formal for a day wedding and more casual for a night celebration. So again, kind of going back that black tie is really what signals, you know, this is a night event. And obviously that's not to say that you can't really have any dress code during whatever time you want, but um, this is kind of how it's, it's set up. Semi-formal dress code calls for more of a relaxed look. It's a way of telling guests to put on something nice without requiring them again to either rent a tux or have this ridiculously expensive gown. Instead of floor length, women can opt for T-length or knee length, um, aka a mid midi dress. Um, and men are required to wear a suit and tie regardless of wedding setting. Um, but it doesn't have to be darker colors. Maybe they want to do, you know, a khaki or, or whatever, um, they have a little bit more flexibility there. Yeah, and so the only thing that I would say too is that women are also kind of able to have a little bit more fun with shoes, fun accessories, um, you know, the way that they do their hair, um, more so than they would at a formal event. Um, so yeah, so I think that I mean, I had cocktail attire at my wedding and I, I like this because you also have to think of the setting too. Um, Mine was in a tent at the end of the day, but we still wanted people, we, I mean, I love a reason to get dressed up. Um, so we wanted people to, to do that as well. Mm -hmm. And so cocktail, you probably have something in your closet that works, right? Yes, exactly. Not to say that I don't love going out to get something new for every special event, especially how, definitely how I will be when all of this pandemic stuff is over. But it's true that cocktail, you probably have something, you probably have shoes, but black tie, you might need to get a more formal gown and white tie, a totally different ball game. Um, so, okay. So you can go short for cocktail and you can, you could go short for black tie optional, but you also could go long. Do you think there, is that correct? Yes. Yeah, so, so what's recommended for black tie optional is you really don't go shorter than, um, ankle length. Oh. Um, and then, yeah. And then cocktail is when you can kind of go midi or knee length. Um, 
Got it. Okay. That makes sense. Do you think any of that changes per time of the day or season or time of the year? I mean, I think, I think day weddings are automatically assumed to be just a little bit more casual than an evening event. Um, so I think there's always room for flexibility. Something too, that I, I found really interesting as I was reading and doing some research is, is someone said, you should consider the couple and the wedding that you're going to and the couple's style. Right. And so if you're thinking about you know, I really have this great dress, this great cocktail knee length dress, and I know it's black tie optional. Consider the couple's style. Is this something that they're going to feel like, yeah, okay, go with it. Are they more like fashionable? You know, you know, do they have that kind of vibe where they're cool with you taking a risk or or whatever? And, or do you think that they're going to be a little bit more, you know, by the book and what they're hoping for and want their guests for? And at the end of the day too, can always ask, right? I mean, mm-hmm. ask a friend, see, get a second opinion if you feel like you, there's question there. Totally. DM us on Instagram. This section really means that you should wear heels, correct? Yes. Okay. Well, you can, it says too, you can wear flats. It's also kind of, again, considering the venue, mine was in the grass, right? So I provided heel stompers to everyone, even though I kind of put on the thing that this will be outside in October. So like kind of keeping in mind you know, dress code. Mm-hmm. Um, but we provided that and we also provided flats for everyone. Right. Too. But I think it's it's just being conscious of the venue itself. If you know it's gonna be outside, maybe don't wear your Louboutin stilettos that are going to poke. <laughs> or just make sure that your coordinator will run back up the hill, grab you your little heel plastic stoppers, like you said, and <laughs> tape them to the bottom of your loop dance. I don't think we've ever told this story on the podcast. I don't think so either. Now we have to. I know. We've brought it up. We do. We do. So when were you, Was were you taking photos and you were getting stuck? Yeah. So we, it was raining the day after and the day before, like torrential downpour. And it happened to just be sunny, but obviously the grounds were going to be a little wet. Um, so I purchased these, the great little stop, uh, heel stoppers that they have. And I, I had them for all of the guests, but I bought some specifically for my shoes as well. Um, and I was sinking into the grass because they weren't fitting onto the the heel. So Mia to the rescue over here. <laughs> hey, it's what you paid me for. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so Mia came and she, we went through, I think all of them to try to find a fit. And we ended up having to tape the heel stopper onto my shoe. Um, it's a funny, funny story now. I just remember looking at my dad and, and everyone just because I was sinking and it had to be done. And you were, you know, on the ground just wrapping my heel. It was, it was perfect. I know. I think it's funny to note that no matter how expensive and fancy your shoes are, that it might be something that I got at a dollar store can help fix Oh, yeah. and, you know, I think it's also a reminder too that like it might not work out the way that you want, but you'll find a solution. And yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. I really did. I looked at your dad and Bernard because I know that they both have this retail fashion background. And Bernard came over and he helped me. I was trying to do a very neat job, and Bernard was like, "We have to make this work." And I was like, "That is your call, sir." As the stepfather of the bride, I am not going to be <laughs> messing with these Louboutins too much. Um, but hey, it worked, and then you were able to take your photos, right? Yes, I was. I was no longer sinking, and 
and now they're fine. We got them cleaned. Everything Perfect. is good. Yeah, there's there's great ways to bring your shoes to cobblers. I think right after your wedding, I found that blog post of a local blogger who had to do yeah. the same. Um, so there's definitely ways to clean your shoes after. And I, I, I honestly think that picture of me, I'm like kind of in the corner of the photo. We've definitely shared it on our Instagram before. I'm like in a little bit of a pile of mud on the ground. Uh, like half under your dress, putting putting your little heel stopper on, and like you, and then your bridesmaid Megan um, are next to you, like like looking so beautiful, and I'm just like, <laughs> hey, it's 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 it sums up Mary. This is what we all, and now that I've brought you over to the other side of planning, it sums up what we do, will do as a business. Yes, I was just gonna say that it is literally what you do as a coordinator to the T. <laughs> Okay. All right. Shall we get into our next one? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So festive. I have to say, when I saw this title, I said, SantaCon? Like, I'm terrified, right? <laughs> so, okay. It does not have anything to do with SantaCon. It really essentially means that you can go ahead and have fun. So you can take the cocktail hour attire, a shorter dress, more fun shoes, and amp it up. You can do a brighter color, a more fun color. You can do more playful accessories, chunkier jewelry, something that's in and trendy versus a little bit understated and elegant. Um, and you could even do flats as long as they're they're on the nicer side for something like this. Um, and then for men, they can do more fun version of a tie. You might not always want to do a fun pattern or something as a man in a suit and definitely not a tux, but in, um, in a suit, you might want to do something a little bit more streamlined, but when it's festive or if there's like a little bit of a theme, you know, um, mm. you can definitely get more fun and you can get creative with your pocket square ideas. It kind of reminds me and not to say that your wedding was festive, themed at all, like, like this subset. Um, but how your dad had his beautiful brooch, like if you had a special piece of jewelry or something to include that is not, um, just like what you would expect, that's like amping up like something special and fun. Um, so yeah. I think festive can be sprinkled throughout the other ones, but yeah. Yeah, I would say, you know, based on what you were saying, it's almost like semi-formal cocktail, but to a fun level, right? Like, yeah. so taking all of those elements, keeping like the basics, but adding those fun accessories, playing around with it and, and really just having fun with, with what you're doing. Yeah. And like, like this by no means means like wear a crazy hat or right. something like we don't mean festive in terms of like show up in... I don't, I don't even know. I think my brain is like blocking out what the options could be here. Well, don't give anyone ideas because exactly. now someone's going to show with like a Santa Claus hat at your wedding. Oh, sweet. I don't even know. <laughs> okay. So our next one is called casual. So this would mean that the wedding is outdoors or at the beach. So you can get away with a sundress, a fancier wedge, a nicer uh, dressy sandal. Um, it still does not mean sneakers, no shorts, no tank tops. Um, for men, it would mean dress pants or khaki pants and a dress shirt still. Um, you don't need, but you can add a tie or a jacket. So when I was researching this one, it reminded me of um, a wedding in Montauk, a beautiful wedding on the beach that we went to a few years ago. And on the invite, our friend said garden party. And I just love the phrase garden party because I think casual 
can get a little scary to like toss that to your guests interpretation, unless you're listening to this podcast. Um, But garden party was like this perfect, elegant, um, but not over the top fancy. I knew Tony didn't need a tux for this. And I think it also very accurately signaled that we are not going to be on a hard surface. A garden is soft and we were going to be at the beach. I was not going to wear stilettos. I wore the Saludos uh, lace-up wedges. So I think another phrase for festive or casual could be something like garden party. Um, And then as we said before, like bringing your heel stoppers if you know you're not going to be on um, a harder surface. Um, But yeah, so that is casual. Garden party. I like that. Right. I just like love the idea of a garden party too. I just picture pastels and champagne and like kind of the, um, the, the outdoor parties in, um, oh, what's that movie? The fancy one. What's the, with the, the guy, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? With the guy. No, with I don't. With the guy. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio. Fancy 1920s. Oh, like Titanic? No. Great. <laughs> now we're going you through. Said Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> But I didn't picture a garden party on the boat. Um, the the fancy 1920s Great Gatsby. There we go. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, that's obviously much more applicable to this like, conversation. <laughs> like a party that he would have had outside. I don't know if that's relevant here. Now I'm just thinking of a Titanic theme wedding. Oh my god, ice! A uh, bunch of ice in the cocktails. Okay, so our next one is tropical or destination, and I think similar to festive or casual, um, you can kind of go in many different directions of this, but the advice is to err on the side of caution. It can sound very informal, but you are still attending a special event. It's still someone's wedding day. Um, So I would urge sundresses still, wedges or dressy sandals. You could even add something special like a sun hat to match the location. Again, that we've been saying speak to the location and the time of year and the time of day and all of that. Um, and then also uh, Gaia Barra shirts for men. I didn't know the name of these shirts, but you, we've all seen these a million times if you Google it. So it's it's also known, it's more commonly known as the Mexican wedding shirt. Um, it's uh, a short sleeve button down with a collar, often in linen. Okay. Yeah, often in linen, but also just be careful of linen since, since it wrinkles so easily that you can get these shirts in um, different materials. Um, mm-hmm. In the traditional sense, those uh, shirts come with like very elaborate embroidery or things like that, but they also just have them very simple, white, plain. Uh, we've seen this a million times with khaki pants and it's a, a wedding on the beach, you know, um, so something like that. But uh, a word to the wise that I just thought of is if you're having your men wear something that is a thinner material, like a guy bear shirt, make sure they're wearing an undershirt. If you, if you are having um, boutonnieres because there is no nothing worse than a droopy boutonniere and there's nothing to pin onto if you don't have an undershirt on a thinner piece of material. Yeah. And I mean, like also like, you know, if it's hot out, you just want to be conscious of like linen and things like that. So that's a good call. Yeah, absolutely. Good point. All right. So next is concept style or theme. So kind of to our Great Gatsby conversation. So this is really where that would kind of come into play. This is really up to the couple's discretion on what they want, um, whether they they host an overall concept or just have some you know people dressing up and they request their guests to follow this specific theme. Um, this is especially popular um, in the instance of all white formal dress code, which is 
kind of goes back to what you were saying. So I guess think of like Met Gala, right? They had some kind of theme and popular choices to that would be that Great Gatsby theme. I think that that's probably one of the more popular ones that at least I could think of off the top of my head in terms of themes. Um, and then guests can often find inspiration through films, um, celebrities, depending on the, the theme. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. I think Pinterest is your best friend with something like this. Pinterest is made for weddings. So just doing some searches. And I'd also say if you totally don't know what to do, there's always the tried and true little black dress. There's a way to do just like simple cocktail um, attire if you don't know how to put a spin on things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think exactly just like tacking on, just, you know, ask people like you're likely going to have friends to, uh, that are going to this wedding too. Like you guys are all in the same boat, especially with the theme. Like, you know, if you have questions, just, you know, confer with someone else before taking a leap if you're not sure. For sure. Yeah. Don't take any leaps by yourself. <laughs> um, okay. So our next one is come as you are, which I think we probably saw more and more of this over the past year with Zoom weddings. I know <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily do this if I was going in person, but the Zoom wedding I first attended in this past May, I'm pretty sure I was in pajamas. You know, I didn't have my camera on, so no one knew. Um, but it's really come as you are. Um, and there's not a lot of fuss or fumball as the alicata word <laughs> it depicts. Um, fumball, I forgot that word. <laughs> fumball, yes. I was just chatting with my sister about fumball. She didn't remember the definition, so she's kicked out of the family. Um, so you're, this can be confusing if it just says yeah. come as you are, right? That can be a little scary as a guest if you want to be careful still. So your hint is similar to what we've said in other categories is really the couple style, the location, the time of day, the time of year. And it all goes back to the phrase, look great, feel great. So I would interpret this as maybe a sweater dress or a sundress or a fun jumpsuit. Um, and footwear would probably depend on the type of venue I'm going to. I love to wear heels, but I would probably go with a wedge or a nice flat or a nice sandal if I really was getting the vibe of very casual. If I knew none of the men are wearing jackets, like that kind of thing, like try to go casual but still looking nice and put together. Um, maybe like something I would wear to brunch, like still. I would feel good and like look nice, but not be like running to the grocery store, kind of come as you are. Yeah, because there is such thing too, especially as we look at like the less formal options uh, of overdressing. Um, and you want to be conscious of that too, because, you know, you obviously don't want to upstage the bridal party, the bride, the groom, whomever. So these parameters are set because that's that's really what the couple is looking for, you know, so... Um, I think that that's, it's a good call. And I also think come as you are, like you said, it's, it's hard to determine it's, you know, is it casual? Is it cocktail? So the last one is how not to dress. So I think, you know, I just kind of said there is a point of overdressing. So you want to be conscious of that. But first and foremost, as we've said numerous times on this podcast is do not under any circumstance wear white or anything that is that can identify as a cream ivory kind of blush you know let's let's just steer clear from that um also if you're able to get an understanding of what the bridesmaids dress looks like the colors i would steer clear of that as well because you also don't want to blend in with the bridesmaids you know they're set to stand out in their own way 
Um, so that's, that's two big things just to kind of keep on top. Um, also, I know I mentioned this before, but it, let you want to steer clear from wearing attire that's too revealing. Um, I know sometimes these dresses, you know, they're gorgeous and everything, but depending on the person, it could be, you know, just too much. And it's not, this isn't that type of event where you want to go in and flaunt everything essentially. Yeah, exactly. And that's also like context is important. As we've said, is this a, is this in a church? Um, but many churches are non-denominational. Um, so I think there's a little bit more flexibility there of like, showing your shoulder doesn't matter, but at other denominations um, and places of worship, you definitely should not show your show your shoulders. You should make sure you have a pashmina or some type of jacket, um, and then you could take it off for the reception. Um, I have a friend who, who was mentioning that for all of her, I think it was all of her girl cousins, like they've all gotten married in the Catholic church and then they've all changed for the reception, like all of the guests. And I, I don't, I guess I just haven't been to a wedding like that, but, um, I would probably simply just like wear a jacket, um, or like wear a little cardigan and then take it off later versus having a completely different outfit. Um, so yeah. you definitely don't have to like overhaul your entire look. No, no, no. And I've done that. Like I've just either, like sometimes I even wear like my leather jacket cause you know, it's part of my vibe and exactly. you know, um, but yeah, just some kind of jacket that you plan on wearing. I wouldn't go to the extent if you don't want to, to, to feel um, like you need to wear a second outfit. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing I would say is, you know, we said don't be conscious of overdressing, but also be conscious of underdressing. Right. So how does a couple really want you to show up at this event? Again, thinking about that couple, like we've said, are they fashionable, chic? Are they super casual? That'll kind of give you some parameters to how you should be um, showing up. And then based on that knowledge, it'll kind of gauge what leeway you have in, in that kind of scale. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I think it's always uh, a word to the wise to go a little bit up and like nothing it does not feel good to walk into something and go oh my god i'm the only one wearing jeans you know like we've all sure. been there for whatever reason hopefully not at a wedding anyone in jeans but you know it's just not a good feeling i would rather feel put together and maybe a little bit of a step up above some others than um than feel embarrassed for myself yeah right rachel zoe she's like um she's a famous oh yeah i um, love her yeah, you know, I love her too. She has this quote and I'm it's I'm not going to quote it right at all, but she basically says like I dress up like I basically show up every day. Like I rather be the best dressed person, overdressed person in the room and again, that kind of like goes against a little bit of what we're saying, but to your point, like go up a little bit more and, you know, use Rachel Zoe as a as an example. Yeah, as a barometer. I think that's great. And and I think also as I have done when it's someone uh, if we're going to a wedding of like a friend of mine or something and Tony doesn't know them as much and the dress code like is not super clear, I, I just will simply ask like, what are the, what are the groomsmen wearing? Like what, and just to understand, like, should I make sure he wears a tie or not? You know, I feel like, a, sure. <laughs> I feel like men are like very tie averse. I don't know if Joel is, does he, does he hate ties? Well, also sometimes go to work in ties and suits. So mm -hmm. I think he's a little bit more used to it. But I, I mean, I'm sure, you know, if he didn't, it would be the same. Yeah, yeah. And so that's why it's just good to like, no, because then it also backs you up if you have a tie verse 
person that's like, no, you, you need to wear one. We're going to look silly walking in if you don't, if you don't have that. So, yeah. So I think asking, asking the bride or asking, even if like maybe you are, I don't know why you wouldn't know the couple very well, but you know, it just, there's someone to ask. What would you do to sum it up if there was absolutely no dress code listed? Yeah, I think that that's, I think it's again, kind of looking at the couple, understanding how they are in terms of, are they super casual? Are they chic? You know, and using that as a um, parameter as to what you're doing. And really also like, again, ask people, like you were saying, like, what are you planning on wearing? And make sure that you're kind of on par with Mm -hmm. what they're doing. You can get context if context has not been provided to you. That's true. Sure. Yeah. Um, What is the best outfit you've ever worn to a wedding? Your favorite? Oh, that besides my wedding, right? Yes. Yeah, that's a given. I don't know. I like to think that I show up every wedding that I go to. And that's not to sound narcissistic. It probably (laughs) does. But I really like, I love to dress. And again, that sounds ridiculous, but it gives me like, it's a point to like make my personality come out and like get dressed up. Um, My favorite, that is okay here. It's going to be my favorite, but also my worst at the same time, which is going to sound crazy. (laughs) So we went to a wedding in Sweden and I finally was like, I'm not going to spend like, we had a few weddings that year. And I was like, I'm not going to spend all this money on dresses. Like, this is insane. So I went on ASOS and I got this really, really cute dress. It was like this, this mustard yellow and it was a little tan. So it went, it like went very nicely with my complexion. And Joel, like to this day, when I tell a story, he like rolls his eyes because he called it. But so it's in Sweden and we're all boarding. We have to board a bus to get to the, um, the, ceremony reception it's all happening in the same place and I the quality of the dress was so poorly made that as soon as I it was ruffled right so it had tears so it was like you know strap not um it had straps and then it had a bunch of tears and I'm a sucker for anything ruffle or puffy sleeves I love that same so I started feeling a cold breeze on my leg as we were boarding the bus to go to the thing. And it turns out that I was like literally like hulking out of my dress underneath my ruffles. The dress was absolutely gorgeous. I got so many compliments on it. I loved it. And it didn't cost a lot of money, but it was so poorly made. And it's not like it didn't fit me or anything like that. It was just like, it was so bad. Luckily, because the ruffles were there, it covered everything. But by the end of the night, that dress was shredded and I like couldn't even move it was so it was so bad oh my goodness and that's not fun when you like and you just like want to have fun on a dance floor and being with people and then you're like feeling like oh there's a rip or there's an exposure yeah. or something yeah oh yeah. man I have another can I say one more yes absolutely is, okay my other one is and I actually wore it for my um rehearsal dinner as well I was interning at Ferragamo um when we were in school and there was this gray leather bound dress. Sounds really aggressive to wear to a wedding. So just stick with me here for a second. <laughs> but I was obsessed with it. And I would sh- send it out because I was in PR. I'd send it out to people to wear and everything. And finally, I saw it at a sample sale at Ferragamo for like nothing. So obviously, I got it. I wore it. 
um, to a wedding that someone we went to school with, and it was more of the casual, it was a daytime wedding. Um, I any chance to wear that dress, I am obsessed with it. It is probably my favorite dress ever. Um, even though it's because it's all leather, you have to like put baby powder on, and like Joel has to like help me get out. Oh my goodness, <laughs> the process, but <laughs> it is well worth the process. Oh, wait, what color is it? I feel like I've seen a picture it's of it. It's gray. Gray. Oh, that sounds, that's perfect that you also got to wear it for your rehearsal dinner. That's awesome. Yes. No, I really try to get as much use out of that dress as I can. Everyone listening to this and then spotting a girl in, in gray leather at my wedding, they're like, that's Sam. That's <laughs> totally Sam. No, I can't, I can't bring that out again. <laughs> Tell me yours. Oh, I forgot. I got so wrapped up into these amazing stories. Okay, so I know I spoke about the garden party, but I do have to say that my outfit to that Montauk wedding was my favorite. I feel like I remember seeing pictures. So I just feel like I do have like a wardrobe made for like the beach or like I am one with J. Crew. <laughs> Tony always says I'm keeping J. Crew afloat. Um, Speak green and J. Crew. So I had a T length or midi length. Um, like nautical blue striped dress and it had ruffles, like it was fitted up top and it had ruffles. So when I spun, it was like, it's, it was like really big. And then I had my lace up wedges and I had like fun preppy earrings and I had my little wicker bag and I just like loved my look. And I remember seeing that you looked great. Thank you so much. And then Tony had like khakis and like a Navy blazer. And I just thought we like looked like perfection at that wedding. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, you guys look great. I remember seeing pictures. Thank you. Thank you so much. But again, love a garden party. So my friend Kira really like hit it out of the park with having that as her theme. So what's going on with Mary? Okay, so I thought this week we could bring a little nugget of knowledge that popped into my Instagram DMs. A future Mary bride and friend said, I'm having trouble telling my vendors or people that, vendors that I've spoken to that I don't want to go with them. What do I do? And I said, that is an amazing question. The number one thing, and I, again, can only speak for us and Mary, but I would say, and I would love vendors to weigh in on this. I, I would say that the number one thing is we just want to be told if you aren't going to go with us. You know, I have never, like the, the term ghosting was not around when like I was single nine years, nine and a half years ago at this point. But I have, I first experienced ghosting when I started Mary and I'm just not, I'm still not used to it. You know, like I pride myself on being a very responsive person on email and you're not going to offend me. I'm running a business. Like I can't get everyone's business. No one, no one can. You can't please everyone. You know, you're not going to be the perfect fit for absolutely every person. All I want to hear is, hey, we're going in another direction. And then I'm like, great, let me take a little penciled note off of my calendar and go on. Like, we're not going to be offended. It's This is the nature of having any type of good and service. Like, you don't always go with this person. So um, my friend, she asked, like, actually, what should I write? And so I think that I would write something to the effect of, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me and send over details. Ultimately, we're going to go in a different direction but thank you so much for your time. And then I always respond, best of luck with your planning. And I really genuinely mean that. I don't mean yeah. like, oh, you're not going to go with me. Like, good luck. But it's like, no, I, I want you to have the best day. And your best day is going to be you spending the money you want and with the coordinator that you want. And and I wouldn't want to be a part of that just to to make money because that's not why we're in this, right? Yeah. yeah. I think that's, you know, I think it's great because one, 
you like you said, you're spending time following up, you know, you still have them on your list. So it's going to, you know, it's, it's helping the vendor, but it's also at the end of the day, like it's, it's the money of the client, right? So it's, it's, you got to choose what's best for your money at the end of the day and what you really want. So yeah, you, you can't feel guilty about telling people no when it is your bank account and, and your yeah. wedding day. Just, it just remember that it is very, very polite and respectful to say, we're, we're not going to go with you, but like, thank you so much. And then you hit the email and then you close your laptop. If you're like nervous about it, you know, that sometimes yeah. like oh, hit and run. So, <laughs> um, never have to see them again so like it's fine. exactly exactly and I would say though that I have had people that are acquaintances like no like good friends have ghosted me right but there have been acquaintances and it has left a bad taste in my mouth and so I would say even especially if you do know this person and mm -hmm. that did happen to me with a vendor and so it was tough but I wanted to remain uh, on good terms with this person so I knew it was actually most important to say Thank you so much for your time. I know we've bonded outside of these emails, but I'm I'm not going to be able to go with you. So just yeah. thank you. You know, so harder. Yeah. It's hard, but it's it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening to episode 16, all about wedding dress codes. We hope you learned a bunch. Please rate us in the Apple Podcast app and continue to listen to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Follow us on our social media at Mary by Mia on Twitter and Instagram and on Facebook. And we will talk to you next time. Thanks so much for getting married with us. Have a good one. Bye.